Hello everyone, happy Halloween. I am your host, Z, and welcome back to another Book Chatter Halloween special called The Killsbow Chronicles, The Story Continued. If you are new to our hero's adventure, be sure to listen to our first Halloween special called The Haunted Collection of Estaniel Killsbow on Book Chatter. This continued story was made possible by the wonderful creations of our patrons who participated in our Things in a Jar contest. We would also like to thank Logmon Public Media for making this possible. Depending on when you're listening to this, all submissions will be out on display from October 28th through October 31st. So be sure to check it out and be sure to participate next year. So, without further ado, let's dive back into the world of Estaniel Kilsbo. This morning I received news from the Appalachian Mountains. Two teenagers have gone missing. The townspeople are attributing the dirty work to a monster that they call Mothman. I remember vaguely that someone else took this case. It's hard to capture from what I understand, and it seems to appear and disappear for long periods of time. And there seems to be no notable pattern. It is suspected that the Mothman comes from different dimensions, which would explain why we haven't seen it in a few hundred years. And this is also believed that this dimension allows it to age slower. Either that or it's immortal, or it reproduces by some unknown means, possibly asexually. With my hunt for the Wendigo going cold with no leads to follow up on, I've decided to make a trip to the east coast of the U.S. The town is pretty small, and as is with most small towns, outsiders aren't always welcomed. So I hope not to make much of a scene. I was able to find a hotel nearby. Let's see what I can uncover. What can I do for you, stranger? I would like a room, please. Sure thing. And how long will you be staying? A couple days. Let's say five days, with the possibility of extending it. All right, let's see what I have here. What brings you to these parts? Just passing through. Ah, I see. Well, just so you know, don't be fooling around outside at night, you hear? It's not safe now these days. Why is that? We've had two missing kids recently. It's a dang shame. Little Becky was always a sweetheart. Help me out with fixing this place. I hope they find her safely. Or that she's taken care of by the good Lord. Same for Brock, too. Poor things. Missing people, you say? Do you have a search party? (laughs) Yeah. Though they couldn't find her. A couple months ago, two pecky-up gentlemen offered to help the sheriff. For a hefty price, too. Shifty fellas. Took $3,000 for their services. The next day, they up and left. Now, I don't know what kind of sick and twisted scam that is, 
but we don't appreciate being robbed out here while our families are grieving. Hmm. I see. I'm sorry to hear that. It's all right. We will take care of our own, and we will put an end to this nightmare somehow. We'll be having a town hall later this evening, and maybe the mayor and the sheriff will get back to work. But anyway, that's no important to you. You will just be careful out there. Here's your key. Your room is number 36. You take a left up here and go up the stairs. You'll find your way. If there's anything I can do to make your stay more comfortable, just come to my desk. It's always open. Just ring the bell for my name is Hank Sawyer at your service. And you are? Estaniel. Estaniel? Good to meet you, Estaniel. Enjoy your night. Thank you. I went to the town hall, and it went as expected, with one group drenched in fear, and the other being a bunch of idiots who wanted to do more harm than good. The mayor seems to be a decent man who's trying his best. But what can you do, let alone say, without looking crazy in front of these people who determine your fate in the next election? Needless to say, it was a mess, with the single mother of one of the missing kids able to cry an ocean through the entire meeting. The other family looks heartbroken, although their eldest son seems to be hiding something under his curtain of tears. I know that look too well. Guilt. But why would he feel guilt? unless he's connected to the disappearances. Maybe he could be working with the Mothman somehow. Strange, I know, but that happened two years ago. A little girl was under the spell of an Oculus Gigantus, and the parents never suspected. They assumed that her sudden cold behavior was just her grieving process of the loss of her big brother. Turns out, that she was under the spell that led to the death of her own brother. It was terrible, so it is safe to say I have to keep my guard up. Now the people know I'm here. A rancher by the name of Russell Crane blundered out my presence. <sighs> well, so much for laying low. It seems that a couple players are at hand right now. The mayor, the sheriff, the boy, and Russell Crane. Until I can find somebody that I can trust or tally out from the suspect list, everyone in this town is a suspect. It seems that a storm is coming, with lots of rain. I paid a little visit to the mayor's home. He's not a suspect. It seems that he was expecting me after the town hall. He had suspected that I was here for the Mothman, and he told me everything. The two men that disappeared a couple months ago, they were the Woodcrest brothers, two talented yet arrogant monster hunters who left without a trace. Well, almost. From what I was told, they came to the mayor after the attack took place at his house. 
The brothers offered to help, though the brothers demanded compensation. And that's what led to the town pooling money together of $3,000. They collected some evidence. Then on the night that they set out to capture the Mothman, they never came back. The mayor and the sheriff confiscated all the evidence that was left in their hotel room. But the money was gone. They plotted a mass cover-up so that the people would not come across things that they could not comprehend. Good choice. I asked if I could look at the brother's belongings, and he was anxious to show me. Turns out, the mayor took an interest in magic, but he could not read their writing. The brothers, while very egotistic, they did do a good job in documenting their finds. While everything was encrypted, it didn't take me much time to decode the journals. I came to find that the brothers were in some financial trouble, which is not a surprise. However, there seems to be something missing. They left no records of what they were going to do with that money, nor did they mention it who they owed it to. And the journal seems to be missing, as there's a couple months that are unaccounted for. The money seems to be pointing in a different direction, maybe towards something that should be looked into, but I need to focus. I will meet with the sheriff tomorrow, and hopefully we can come up with a plan. That marks one person of my list. How do you expect us to trust you? That you can even defeat this creature, let alone capture it? Those two Woodcrest brothers disappeared, and they swore that they could handle the problem. Now, we've got several missing persons cases and $3,000 missing to go along with it. Come on now, Sheriff. We can't go against these monsters, so we don't know what in God's name we're dealing with. Mr. Daniel here has offered to help us without any form of payment. So until one of us has a better idea before someone else goes missing, I expect you to cooperate or your job will be on the line. All right, all right there, Mayor. Ain't no need to bring politics into the matter. Well, there's Daniel. What do you have so far? I need your help ruling out a couple of suspects. I want to meet with the older brother of the family with the missing child. And Russell Crane. You mean little Mikey? How is he connected to all this? I can see Russell being part of this, but Mikey? I came to the town for a reason, Sheriff. You, above all people, should know that the closest people to the crime are the ones you should suspect first. Mikey's behavior seems off. But surely a child couldn't have gotten involved in this? One would think that. But if you do this as long as I have, you'll find out that anything is possible. Now Mikey is just a clue. All I have is two missing kids in a rattled town. You will have to trust me on this. I need you two to be the faces of this operation. It's a lot easier to trust faces that are familiar. All right. What about Russell? Why him? Russell seems to be very observant. The fact that he pointed me out in the crowd makes me wonder what he knows. Russell has always been a paranoid one. Ever since his wife went missing a couple years ago, and I think something in him broke. I thought he could have been the one to be responsible, but I was never able to get any evidence against him. Mm. Well, Sheriff, there is only one way to find out. 
Now, what about you? People know that you're already here, and if they see you around us, they'll start talking. You will tell them. You will tell them only when they ask that I am just a simple businessman who likes discretion. My name is now Estaniel Blackwood of Kansas. <laughs> well, you're quick with them stories. You got me convinced. You pick up a skill or two. Now that I have allies with the mayor, now that I have allies with the mayor on one end and the sheriff on the other, things should move quickly now. The sheriff and I made our way to the Burke house to follow up on the lead with Mikey. I stayed out of sight behind the barn while the sheriff brought him out. After prying his conscience, what came to light was a lot of reckless guilt. Mikey was the one that dared his little brother and Becky to venture out into the woods by the bridge. He didn't think that they would be in any danger until they never came back. Fearing repercussions, he kept silent. We had to convince him that he would not be in any trouble, though I could tell that the sheriff was fighting back his fatherly instincts to lecture Mikey. After getting him to calm down, he was able to give a location as to where they went. He made us promise that he would find his brother and his friend. After getting him to calm down, he was able to give a location as to where they went. He made us promise that we would find his brother and Becky. The sheriff promised, but I couldn't bring myself to do the same. I promised a mother that I would bring back her infant after it was taken by a horde of rot fiend. Those were my rookie days. The look in her eyes, desperate and tired, I was her last hope. I was able to capture the alpha of the horde and send the rest back to their dimension, but I could not find the infant. I searched all over, but there was no trace of him. All I could find was his blanket. Going back to her door was the hardest thing I did at that time. I had no choice but to take her pain away, so I broke a rule and used magic to erase her memory. I still remember her cries. <sighs> anyway, the sheriff was able to get Russell Crane into the office for questioning. Let's see how that goes. Sheriff? Sheriff, why do you have me here? Why is this foreigner here with you? Are you part of it too? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I know the truth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I know the truth. You took my Madeline, didn't you? Now, Russell, you're just here to answer some questions. Mr. Blackwood here is just here to help with the investigation. <laughs> How dare you lie to me, Sheriff? You ain't gonna give me to that winged demon out there. Never. Mr. Russell Crane, please, tell me what you know about the Mothman. Now, what makes you think I want to talk to you? Mr. Crane, do you see this pocket watch here? <laughs> Your tricks aren't gonna work on me. Foreigner, 
No. No, they... They... They won't. <sighs> now, Mr. Crane, I will need your full cooperation. Do you understand? Yes. Yes, I cooperate. What a pretty watch. What can you tell me about the Mothman? Do you work with it? No. No. I I, I know they got big red eyes. He doesn't take people. He just likes to scare them. What do you mean? The kids aren't missing. They're lost. The Mothman likes to talk in my dreams. Where in the woods? Ah, the wood area by the lake. You know, by the bridge. That's the same place Micah said the kids went. Can you ask him about his wife? Mr. Crane, can you tell me what happened to your wife? I... I don't know. My poor Madeline, I don't know what happened to her. And I'd like her to leave. I her everywhere. From Timbuktu and down here and even in the basement. I didn't hurt her, I swear. I swear I didn't hurt her. I love her so much. <laughs> I'd, I'd never do such a thing. <coughs> Russell, I am sorry for your loss. When you close your eyes and when you hear the snap of my fingers, you will forget what happened here. You will wake up back home where you will take comfort that Madeline is watching over you and loves you very much. Sheriff, would you be willing to take Mr. Crane back to his home? What did you do? I hypnotized him, and he's just paying for a little bit. The watch compels you to tell the truth and stirs with your brain. I don't suppose you have another pocket watch with you that you'd be willing to lend me out, would you? Unfortunately, elements like this are not so common anymore. It takes a lot of strength to manipulate the human mind, more so to handle a broken mind like Russell's. Sheriff, please meet me at the bridge tonight. I think we can safely assume that the Mothman is working alone. No human suspects, or at least not from what I can find. All my leads take me to the bridge. I will be searching the location where the kids should have been. And maybe with the help of the sheriff, we could catch the smart man soon. So, how long have you been involved in this? Since I was 13. Oh. And they ain't gotten you yet? I've had a couple close calls. Like what? Have you heard of a mind flare? No. They are small, almost dog-like with tendrils, and their heads are the shape of a brain. They feed off of your negative emotions, and it can be a slow and painful process. Worse is, the more pain you are in, the more they find you appetizing. They use mind control abilities 
to get what they want until you give out on life. What in the... Christ Almighty, how did he capture one of those? Lots of meditation and concentration. Happy thoughts, you know. Dang. That's a wild life you live there. What's your end game? I mean, why do you do this? You're going to be doing other things right now, right? Yes. Well, let's say I have a score to settle. What's that? Ready your rifle, Sheriff. So close. So very close. This mothman is fast. It blends with the shadows of the trees, despite it being around seven foot, at least 300 pounds in appearance. If I were to take a guess, it would probably be a Category 7 monster, or even above as the magic that I imbued in my jar was not enough to tug at it even. We were able to fend it off. If we were able to injure it, I can't tell. It came fast as it had left. I was able to track it to the cliffside. I suspect that that's where it calls its nest. Brute force won't work on this creature. I will need to outsmart it and ambush it. I will have to do this alone. While I appreciate the sheriff's bravery, the town will need someone to protect it and wait for someone else to handle it. I need time to think, but I'm running out of time. This mothman is more of a threat than I had realized. While I was taking out the cliffside, the Bucks Farm caught fire in the afternoon. Though the cause of it is still unclear, I believe that magic was involved, judging by the lingering particles. Thankfully, no one was injured, but everyone is scared. Thankfully, no one was injured, but everyone is scared. The Bugs have taken refuge downstairs from where I'm staying. How did I miss this? Maybe there's something I forgot. Maybe there's more than one. Or he could even teleport or reach faster speeds. But how? From what I have collected from the local paper, the more the sightings are, a series of tragedies always follow before it goes dormant again. The local reports come right after the colonial invasion. Chief Cornstalk was reported to have cursed the land. There is no record of what he did, but I understand. Though, it would help me find a weakness. This is getting out of hand. The Burks already lost their child, and now they lost their home. After we failed to capture that cursed thing, I'm trying to keep the heat off of the both of us. But you haven't made any progress now, have you? Now you said you were by the cliffs, and yet he was able to slip right past you and burn the Burks' home. Now we have a bunch of people ready to burn down the whole forest. Now listen here, Daniel. There is no question that you are skilled and know how to put on a good show. But you won't make good in what you promised, or I will put your magic wielding face behind bars. And I will let this town hunt this thing 
down. Do you understand? I understand, Sheriff. It's been two days. The night after my conversation with the Sheriff, the Mothman was nowhere to be found. Thankfully, this gave me a bit of time to plan. Thanks to Mr. Hank, he was able to get me a couple maps of the cliffsides. I found that I could maybe use my older tactics, one in particular when I went to Europe. There was a fay that I caught, a small but speedy bastard. I concluded that if I lured or flushed out the Mothman into a narrow valley with a magic circle, I could possibly tie it down, which would give me enough time to put it in a jar. Knowing that it is stronger than usual, I would reinforce the circle so that I would be given ample time to trap it in a jar that was equally as strong to seal it away. I planted two circles, each capable of holding a Category 10 monster for a couple minutes. It used up what I had left of my resources, so I had to make it all count. I know it was probably foolish and wasteful to have such redundancies, especially when I'm using up some rare materials like dragon's tears and the soul of a seven-eye wrathbird. But I needed something heavy to handle this. I would leave instructions on how I built the circles should anybody or I need it. It will take me some time to recover all these materials and I might have to wait a couple years. But the plan worked, though it was close. The sun had already fallen behind the peaks of the mountains. I began to call out in hopes that it would want to find me. Big as it was, it was deadly quiet. As I sat down by the fire, from the corner of my eye, there it was, blended between the trees, and its big red eyes. It stared at me, not making a sound. I backed away in the direction of the circles, predator versus prey, and I was prey. It screeched, and it took a swoop at me before ascending above me. I ran, hoping that it would chase me, and it did, but it would cut me off before I could lead it to the circle. I used a spell to push it, and it barely moved, but I think it understood that I was not going to go down easy. It launched up into the night sky again, and I took that opportunity to run further. I stood in the middle of the circle, and I watched it fly towards me, and at the very last minute I dived out of the way as the magic circle activated. I scrambled for the jar that was hidden behind some tall grass. I started the incantation process. It screeched as it fought to free itself. The first circle gave out, and the next circle gave in. I was able to trap it just at the last second before the circle lost its grip. I secured it, and I was out of breath. The energy within me drained through my fingertips. I could feel my stomach flushing my body with the instincts to eat, though there was no time. I had to breach the cave and look for the missing children. 
I made my way to the entrance, which was bigger than I thought it would be looking from down below. The cave system went far. There was claw marks everywhere within the rock walls. As I continued, I heard whimpering. I called out, and two children ran out to me. Despite them being missing for several days, they seemed to be well-fed and hydrated and physically unharmed. Their clothes were also very clean, too. They held on to me tightly as we exited. I tried to make small talk, but they didn't talk much. Becky seemed to be in better hopes, and it seemed that her bravery kept them both safe all this time. I didn't take time to inspect the Mothman's lair, but I do have notes on what I found. I took them to the sheriff, and they returned home after I changed their memories. No child should be haunted by the things that they saw. They have a whole life to live still. Hearing the Bucks family downstairs reminded me of how gratifying this can be. After I slept, the whole town erupted with joy, and the lobby of the hotel was full. That was my signal to go home. After I parted ways with the sheriff and the mayor. I will make note of this. I found a locket that I recognized belonging to the Woodcrest brothers. Inside, there was an inscription and a symbol. With it, there was also a slip of paper. The slip belonged to one of the older journals before the time gap occurred. What were the brothers up to? And how could this relate to the missing money? Thank you so much for your help, Miss Daniel. Our town is indebted to you. It is of no issue. Thank you for your hospitality. No, thank you for taking care of the town. I owe you an apology, Mr. Daniel. You're a good man. It's all right, Sheriff. I understand. This is something not everyone knows how to handle. Say, it was awfully generous of you to donate that money to the Burks. I'm sure they would like to know who their anonymous benefactor was, though. They don't need to know. All they need to know is that they can look forward to the future. Will we ever see you again, Mr. Staniel? Maybe, or maybe not. But I hope if our paths do cross again, it'll be on better terms. Thank you for listening to our Halloween special podcast. Be sure to check out the other content on Book Chatter, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Happy Halloween. I wish you all a spectacular evening. <laughs>